This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Well, I've been away from the microphone for a while. I've been traveling quite a bit and involved in a variety of things. And for those of you who know what's going on in the world as I record this, political systems are in turmoil. International borders are closing. And there's a lot going on. And uh, some of that impacts my ability to stay focused on recording as I've been doing the things that the Lord has been calling me to. Today I want to talk about perseverance again, and this is the result of some conversations I've had recently, quite a few actually, in different contexts with different people, and the theme has been a lack of perseverance in believers and followers of Jesus. And so I just want to touch base on the topic, and this may be a a short episode. I haven't actually prepared any notes. I've been thinking about it quite a bit. I was speaking with a friend just a few days ago, and he mentioned a young man who went with him on a ministry trip, saw what the Lord had been doing, witnessed miracles, was deeply touched in his heart, and he made a commitment that he wanted to know more about the Lord and grow as a disciple, so he went to a Bible school so that he could learn more about the Lord and walk in his ways. But after a while, he fell away. He uh, made choices that were clearly very selfish, determining his own path rather than submitting to what the Lord had for him. And now he's not walking with God at all. And it was confounding to my friend, the young man that I was speaking with. How is it that a person can be so enthusiastic for the Lord? How is it that someone can experience the wonderful things of God and really see the reality of God at work in the world and then walk away. It's confounding, and yet it's common. As we spoke, I realized that there are lots of examples of this in the Scriptures. It really shouldn't surprise us, even though it grieves us. Uh, One example that came to mind as we spoke is the ten lepers that Jesus healed. He healed these men, and only one came back to thank him. Nine, 90%, didn't even come back to thank Jesus. They just went on their way, happy to have received the blessings, but they were ungrateful. And so we know that Jesus understands this grieving that we have in our hearts over people who receive God's blessings and yet don't draw close to the Savior and then, therefore, don't walk in salvation. They don't walk with the Lord. They don't become disciples. So Jesus knows that that's going to happen, and he's experienced it. As a matter of fact, he said, many are called, but few are chosen. And there will be many who have experienced God or heard the truth or seen what's going on, and yet they turn away or they choose their own path. They may not even think of it as turning away. Rather, they just fall into old habits or continue living life the way that they always did, which, of course, indicates a lack of repentance. 
To repent means, as I've said often, to have a new mind, a new perspective. And Jesus said, if we're going to be his disciples, we have to walk with him. We move off of our own path and onto his path. This brought me to Hebrews chapter 10. Um, The writer of Hebrews in chapter 10 calls people to persevere. In verse 23, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Amen. Well, that's one thing that I hope this conversation will do for you, is to spur you on towards love and good deeds, righteous actions, to encourage you to hold on to the faith that you profess. And the writer of Hebrews says in verse 32 to the Hebrews that he's writing to, remember those earlier days after you received the light when you stood your ground in great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Probably most people listening to my voice right now haven't gone through this kind of suffering and trial. Insults, persecutions, confiscation of property, imprisonment. Perhaps that kind of testing purifies a faith. And yet the writer in Hebrews says in verse 35, Because of all this, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Verse 39 says, We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Amen. The scripture uses this imagery of the nation of Israel moving through the desert and coming to the edge of the promised land. And then many of the Israelites shrink back. Actually, almost all of them. They won't enter the land that God has promised them because they're afraid because they see giants on the other side, or they heard reports that life is hard on the other side. And they don't really believe that God has promised them this land, that he will go before them, that he will make a way, and they choose self-preservation. They get to the edge of the river, and they're looking across at what God has promised them, and they shrink back. And the Bible says it's because of unbelief disobedience. And as I talked with my friend the other day, we both came to the realization that many times people pull away from the things of God when they come to the point where they have to surrender their lives, when they have to surrender control over their own lives, when they have to die to themselves. It's one thing to be involved in the things of God when everything is cool and there's a lot of fun. It's encouraging and happy. It's a mountaintop experience. But there comes a time when we have to die to ourselves. And the cost of following Jesus is a surrender of everything. A complete surrender of everything. And because people don't trust what God has said or because they want to 
preserve their own lives or, con- or continue to have control over their own lives, they don't die to themselves and then they don't enter into that wonderful blessing that comes from full dependence on a loving father. So that's what I've been thinking about recently. How is it that people are walking with the Lord and then they fall away? And we see in the scripture many, many calls to persevere, to press on, to keep going. What's been more confounding to me recently, though, is people who are clearly not walking in the ways of the Lord, but they keep attending church, continue to call themselves Christians and be sure that they are walking in enlightenment and a deeper understanding of the things of God, and yet they're clearly walking in ungodliness and sin. The church in the West is full of examples like this. And right now, the United Methodist Church is dividing over questions of the authority of the Scripture, questions of what is moral, questions of what is considered sinful. And there are things that God has very clearly told us His will. What is the right way? And yet, church leaders persist in disobedience. And I've often thought of the Scripture where the Lord says, If the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And there are people, church leaders, bishops, pastors, who claim to walk in the light, but they're not in the light. The light that they are sharing is darkness, and they're leading other people into temptation and sin. And yet, that's been happening from the very foundations of the church age. All through the New Testament writings, we see examples of people who are church leaders, leaders in the church, who are not walking in the ways of God. I've mentioned it before, and right now the third letter of John comes to mind. John is writing to his friend Gaius. John calls Gaius a dear friend twice. He says, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Yeah, amen. And John describes a church leader named Diotrephes. Well, I'll just read what John writes, starting in verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So there's a letter that John wrote to this church, and the pastor, I assume it's the pastor, a man named Diotrephes, he just loves to be first, and he will have nothing to do with John. And John writes, verse 10, So if I come, I'll call attention to what he's doing, gossiping maliciously about us. And not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. And he also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. So here is a church leader who refuses to have fellowship with the Apostle John. And what is the root of this disagreement, this lack of respect, lack of submission? Diotrephes loves to be first. He puts himself first. And that love of being first is the root of all of this trouble. Gossiping maliciously, tearing people down, refusing to be welcoming to brothers and sisters in Christ. And Diotrephes was manipulating the church, stopping people in the church who wanted to welcome people, and kicking people out of the church. It's really terrible, and it happens. People in church who are not walking in the ways of God. 
It's heartbreaking and sad. So I guess the basic message that I want to convey to you who are listening is persevere in the faith. Keep on surrendering to what God is revealing to you. Don't give up. Keep fighting that good fight. John says here in that third letter, and I'll say to you, dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Amen. Don't imitate what's in this world. Don't imitate people who are, quote, successful, unquote, according to the standards of this world. Imitate what is good. Imitate the Lord. Do as he would do. As a matter of fact, he promises to give you gifts so that you will do what he did, and he promises to give you fruit so that you'll be as he is. So persevere in the faith. And that way of perseverance is self-surrender for the sake of Christ, surrendering control over your own life to our loving Father. You're not surrendering control over your life to fate or to chance. You're surrendering your life to the one who knows you better than you know yourself. So walk with the Lord. Peace to you, friends. Peace to you. Well, As I wrap things up, there's just one more thing that comes on my heart as I speak to you. Fear not. Your Father loves you dearly. And that perfect love is able to drive out fear. You have nothing to fear as you walk with the Lord. Just as the nation of Israel had nothing to fear if they would just cross the Jordan River and go into that promised land The Lord himself had promised that he would go before them, that he would do battle for them, that he had promised that place to them. They had nothing to fear, but they shrunk back because they allowed that fear to take hold. They judged things according to the world's standards, and they did not abide in the Lord. They did not live by faith. Their lack of faith was actually disobedience. We could say it the other way. Their acts of disobedience were evidence of a lack of faith. So I encourage you, you have nothing to fear. As you walk with the Lord, as you abide in Him, there is no fear at all. And even though the world and its systems are shaken, and we may face troubles of many kinds, because of our faith or just because we're in a sinful and broken world, We have nothing to fear. We have absolutely nothing to fear. And the final words I'll share come from the first letter of John, chapter 5. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you for listening, and God bless you all. Mm -hmm.